It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Internet, happy Wednesday or whatever it is here. Uh, you are listening to Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name's Sarah. I'm your host. And guess what? It's snowing where I am. So, you know, no matter what's happening where you are, um, chances are it could always be worse. It could be snowing. Uh, there was like a 50 car pileup on the highway out where I am today because of the roads and because everyone apparently forgot how to drive in the month or so of stay at home orders. It's just one of those days. It's snowing and at least I guess I don't have to be out in it. Uh, but of course, snow, you know, makes you think of like winter and cold and ice and all that stuff. And, you know, makes you think about hockey, which we don't have. But we're going to talk about it because there are King's News updates today. Uh, the biggest one so far is that Cole Holtz signed his entry-level contract with the Kings. It is a two-year deal. He is a defenseman drafted in 2017. In the fifth round of that draft uh, has played three seasons at Penn State. And it was pretty much expected uh, all year long that he was going to sign at the end of the season. I believe he had kind of hoped to turn pro last year, but uh, the end decision was that he would give college another year, which I think was best for his development uh, based on the fact that he has continually improved each year in college which is, you know, what you want to see. He increased his overall points totals each year with Penn State. This year, he hit 30 points in 34 games. That's eight goals and 22 assists, which was a new career high in goals and points. He also tied his total career high in assists as well. Uh, Holtz also got some honors this season named to the All-American team, uh, which was voted on by the NCAA's 60 head coaches. He and a teammate from Penn State were the first players in program history to be named to the All-American team. Now, Holtz stepped into a big role immediately on Penn State as a freshman, uh, which was at the time a team still kind of in the process of building itself into being a perennial contender. Their Division I hockey program is relatively new. I think 2012, 2013 maybe was the first year of them playing uh, in the division. I probably have talked about this before on the show, but I went to Penn State. And when I went there, uh, they certainly did not have this kind of program at all. They were still uh, club hockey back when I was there. Uh, and now, of course, have NHL prospects and a huge, beautiful new arena and a team that's really going some places. So as an alumni, alumna, alum, whatever the correct uh, <laughs> form of the word is, as a uh, former student there, uh, I'm certainly pleased to see uh, how far they've come and a little bummed that I didn't get the chance to actually go back out there to see Holtz play while he was there. So uh, if you ask me, I think the Kings need to draft another kid who goes to Penn State. So mostly I have an excuse to go back because uh, I haven't been back since I graduated and would really like to see uh, see see what's happened and feel disgruntled about all the things that have closed and changed because change is terrible. While Holtz was expected to be a top player for Penn State, I don't really know that it was expected that he would have jumped in quite so early in his career. Kind of probably figured he would ease into his college career 
little bit and instead ended up playing on Penn State's top pairing as he established himself very quickly as a player who could hang with the fast-paced system that Penn State employs. They are a pretty aggressive team and their overall philosophy has basically been one of, well, we'll just outscore you, uh, which for the most part has worked for them. Over the past couple of years, they have started to limit the number of goals against. They have focused on defense as something that is actually important. Uh, It's nice to be able to outscore yourself out of all of your problems, but maybe you shouldn't have to be winning every game 7-6 and you could focus a little bit on uh, defense. Uh, But I think the style that Penn State plays, this sort of aggressive, heavy shots, um, you know, very aggressive to get the puck back when they lose it, that kind of stuff. I think that that will match really well uh, for Cole Holtz because that is sort of what the Kings and the Rain have been pushing as well, uh, this aggressive up-tempo style. So he shouldn't have too big of a jump, uh, systems-wise at least, into the pro game. And while, like I said, defense wasn't always Penn State's focus, uh, they were much more offensively driven. Holtz did find himself a plus in the plus-minus category, uh, increasing that that stat every year. Uh, So, you know, still taking on huge hard minutes, but increasing the amount of times he was on the ice for a goal for, or not on the ice for a goal against, I guess. Uh, Largely, Cole Holtz is known as a low-risk, high-reward type of player. Like, he's not going to be Drew Doughty, like, jumping up in the rush to, you know, make an unexpected play. He's not necessarily going to wow you with his fancy moves, but he is pretty good positionally and good at getting the puck to his teammates to set them up for opportunities uh, or at shooting the puck in to give his teammates a chance on a rebound and has been relied upon in all situations for the Nittany Lions, including on the power play, uh, which is somewhere that I would expect he would eventually wind up uh, in his pro career. He is expected to start the season in Ontario. He's a guy who kind of in the Mikey Anderson mold of, you know, kind of almost there, but not quite, and is going to need some time to adjust to the pro game. And Ontario will be a great place for him to do that. In terms of offense, shooting the puck more is a little bit of a work in progress for him. Uh, He doesn't shoot a whole ton, but I believe that in past interviews with him, he's said that it was going to be more of a priority this season. Uh, And so when he does shoot, it does pay off usually. In opening weekend action for the Nittany Lions, he recorded a hat trick, which was the first hat trick by a defenseman in program history. He has been compared to Alec Martinez a little bit uh, in terms of his skill set. Penn State's coaches have cast him in that light. And of course, who knows what he'll develop into or how the Kings are going to want to use him. But if that is the kind of player stylistically that he grows into, the Kings should be very happy. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So with this signing, the Kings have now signed contracts with all of the players that they drafted in 2017, uh, which was the first draft that Rob Blake oversaw as general manager. Uh, so the other guys drafted that year, Gabe Velarde, Jared Anderson Dolan, Matt Velalta, Mikey Anderson, Marcus Phillips, and Drake Rimsha. All of those guys have signed contracts. Velarde, Anderson, Dolan, Velalta, and Anderson, of course, you guys all, I believe, know what they're up to. Marcus Phillips played pro for a little bit at the beginning of the year, bounced back and forth between Ontario and the ECHL uh, before they decided to return him to the OHL. I believe he ended up on the London Knights just so he could be in a role that would allow him to play more minutes and 
take on more responsibility than he was going to see at any pro level. Uh, Drake Grimshaw has been in the system for a couple years now and has bounced back and forth as well between the AHL and ECHL. So not too bad for Rob Blake's very first NHL draft. You know, I think that sometimes when you talk about the draft, there is a sense of disappointment if every player isn't immediately a star, like even a seventh round player, like, you know, that's just not true. That's just not the way it works. When you're drafting, you're of course looking to how you can fill out your NHL team and who's going to grow into what kind of player. But at the end of the day, you still have an AHL team and you still have the ability to send people to an ECHL team. The Kings, of course, don't have their own right now. And you need depth. You need players up and down the lineup. Ramsha, for example, spent most of the time in the ECHL, but you know, when players were injured or caught up and there were holes in the lineup in the AHL, he was someone who would be able to be caught back up. And I believe it was that way last season as well. Uh, you need those guys, those bodies to fill spots for you. Not every seventh rounder is going to be Andre Kasha or Patrick Hornquist, who was like, I think, the last player drafted in his draft year or whatever. Every so often you get one of those great diamonds in the rough, but most of the time, you know, you, you're probably lucky that you signed them and turned them into anything. So looking back at that draft and saying that like, well, some of them are stars and some of them are just kind of doing nothing. I don't think that's fair because they are still playing roles. They're still playing professional hockey. So Cole Holtz becomes the latest signee with the Kings. Of course, we also had Tyler Madden earlier. And of course, Alex Tricot, who signed with the hopes of being able to play hockey uh, this year. And then coronavirus struck. Of course, the other big Kings news is Drew Doughty speaking, because anytime he says anything, uh, people want to know what he's talking about. Uh, he did a conference call the other day with uh, media and was asked all sorts of things. And in typical Drew Doughty fashion, I feel like things escalated from like zero to a million very quickly. Of course, the big questions that people asked were about uh, his feelings on when perhaps hockey could be coming back and what he thinks uh, should be the plan going forward. He was kind of one of the first big name players to come out and say like, listen, I just don't think that there's any way for hockey to return. Uh, Dowdy pretty much doesn't see a way forward for teams to come back. And he, you know, doesn't like the idea of just going right into the playoffs and sort of thinks that things might as well just be done for this season and uh, to move on to planning for next year. He did admit that he feels that his opinion would be a little different had the Kings been in a playoff position. Uh, you know, if that were the case, he'd probably want to uh, make sure that hockey is coming back so they could fight for the Stanley Cup. But for him knowing that even if hockey were to come back, that there would not be meaningful games for the Kings uh, to play uh, would be a little tough. And and so he he was kind of the first the first domino to fall, I guess, in terms of major players just sort of calling for an end to the season for the Kings. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.
he was asked to weigh in on his teammates. He has played and been around a lot of the young guys uh, coming up, including Kale Clegg, Tobias Bierenfoot, and Mikey Anderson, uh, and said that he was really impressed with all of those guys. He still is really, really high on Tobias Bierenfoot, and I, I feel like <laughs> the day that they decide that Bierenfoot is ready to make the jump to the NHL, I feel like Drew Doughty is going to throw a party because he's going to be so excited to have him back. And you know, he, he kind of talked about how all three players are different, but that all three of them are bringing something really positive to the team and bringing offense, strong plays, good skating. He does say that we have to work a little on defense with Kale Clegg, but you know what? Like, they'll get there. They'll all get there. Uh, so, some high praise for three of the Kings' upcoming young stars on defense from Drew Doughty. He also had pretty good words for Matt Roy, who really impressed him with his improvement over the season and how hard he works. And also getting to see the offensive upside that Roy has was a little bit of a surprise for Doughty. Uh, on forwards, he also talked about Blake Lazat and Adrian Kempe, uh, and Adrian especially being someone who bounced back from a tough start of the year and kind of a tough last year as well to become a, a more well-rounded player and someone who has been relied on and can contribute a lot to the team. In true Drew Doughty fashion, at the end of his remark for that question, talking about players on the team that kind of got his attention, he says, I'm drawing blanks on who else is on our team right now. So Drew Doughty, like the rest of us, has no idea what's going on in the world or uh, anything around us as well. He did say that it's hard to kind of stay motivated during this time especially knowing that he probably doesn't have any more hockey to play. Uh, it's a little hard to stay motivated to go into the gym and keep up on workouts. But the fact is they have nothing but time and uh, he might as well get them in, uh, even though uh, even though there's not really going to be any hockey for the Kings. Uh, he also spoke about really liking uh, what Todd McClellan has brought to the team this year. I think we can all see from an outsider perspective uh, just how well he has been doing on bringing this team back together. Uh, but hearing Dowdy say uh, how much he enjoys uh, working with him because he, he's a hard coach, he's demanding of you, but he also makes sure that you know exactly what he wants from you. And you know you know what he wants. There's no way to be confused about it. He's very clear with his players. Uh, he did express disappointment that the team didn't perform any better in the season than they did uh, for Todd McClellan because, uh, you know, he did such a he did such a good job and put in a lot of hard work at, uh, like I said, bringing this team back together and getting them all on the same page to move forward. So some remarks from King's defenseman, Drew Doughty, who I guess won the, the coin toss of who was going to have to talk to the media about hockey, I guess. So that's kind of it for today. A real quick one. We'll be back tomorrow when I'm going to talk about the 1993 Los Angeles Kings, as we continue looking at best teams in franchise history, we're going to take a little trip in the time machine. I've been doing some research. Fortunately, there are, you know, a couple of those old games up on the uh, NHL's pause binge or whatever they want to call it of classic games. So I've been doing my research. If you were around during that year, if you have some memories you want to share from the Kings trip to the Stanley Cup final that year, 
uh, or, you know, anything like that, I would love to hear from you. You can tweet at me at right said Sarah or at locked on LA Kings. You can also send me an email at locked on LA Kings at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your 1993 Kings throwback stories as we go and turn our gaze to the past. Make sure you're following this show uh, so you never miss an episode, so you don't miss the upcoming 93 Talk, as well as Friday show, where we are going to look at the next chapter of Bob Miller's Tales from the Los Angeles Kings Locker Room book. Uh, again, if you need a reminder of what we're doing with this book, where you can find a copy, all that great stuff, go to bit.ly slash kingsbookclub, which will have all the information that you need to uh, keep up with our weekly book club shows. Now that we are done here, make sure you go and tell your smart device or look it up on your phone or whatever magical podcast thing you use. Go tell your favorite podcasting uh, tool to go listen to the latest episode of Locked on NHL. Make sure you are tuning into that as well as we have coverage of the league and news stories and uh, looking back at, you know, best players who have worn each number. I've been looking at potential award winners on my show on Mondays. uh, So lots of content for you there as well. Until next time, this has been Locked on Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.